Christian Hoyle, the bounce back dad. There is very little adversity that phases Christian. He's seen so much. We hear his story, The Crazy Highs, co-founding one of the fastest growing fashion brands at the height of reality TV, all the way to the lowest of lows inside a prison cell. It's a fascinating story. Dads, welcome to the latest episode of Father Forward and a special episode. The first one out on the road. So I've been jumping in my car this morning, headed over to Kendall to a lovely part of the lakes. You can't see this off camera, but I'll share some more kind of footage on TikTok. Just over my right shoulder, you can see over a big hill, Kendall Castle. Yeah, yeah, Kendall Castle. Stunning view, lovely day and, and good friend Christian here has just dragged me up the, the hill up to the castle for a quick walk and a, a quick run. It's a special place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't tell him about the run. I'll, I'll want you to follow me on LinkedIn. So my name's Christian Hoyle, but I, I talk about this morning walk and run that I do every day. And this was the one. I chucked him in at the deep end. So <laughs> fat dad over here, not me. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm the, the, the fat dad in jean shorts and a polo shirt running up a hill with something to, to be seen at like half nine this morning. But anyway, it was good. It was good. It gets you ready for the day. I am joined by Christian Hoyle, who... We connected on LinkedIn, didn't we? Yeah. I've been looking for podcast guesting because podcast guest junkie. (laughs) (laughs) And initially, we were looking at kind of a mindset. I was looking at the mindset coach store. If you reach out when I put a message out about diversity. And then we got talking about your story. And I was like fascinated by the amount of adversity you've tackled in your life because it's just off the chart, really, in terms of... I don't really see that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I get that as well, but I, uh, it's not normal though, is it? You're, it's not like a no, when you look at a child, when you look at your son's lives and the paths they want to take, you want to see your no chance. No chance. So, where, where did it start? Where were you yeah. born? I, I was born in Rochdale in Birchill Hospital in 1977. Mm-hmm. We didn't live in Rochdale, I think we lived in Rochdale for a year as a baby, but I was brought up in a place called Aywood. Nice. And I didn't know it. I was brought. I just said we just did a live. So I didn't know it, but I was brought up in a safe house. But I didn't know it was a safe house. I remember it was on Railway Street. I remember the house. I remember the phone. But I didn't know that the reason why we were there was to avoid my biological dad. Right. I never knew it. So, so it what's, wasn't. What, what's the story there? So biological dad's obviously not around when you're. Yeah. So the story is my biological dad. Can I use that word asshole? I've done it. <laughs> you can use yeah, swear on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, oh, can you? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, he's an asshole. He's like, he's everything that. What you find is like, so I, he's not really had an input on my life. I have met him so many times. And like, I was brought in the safe house. I never saw any of it. I never saw him doing anything to my mum. She told me all about it. Yeah. And she put, you know, like I could, she went on about it a lot. He was into prison for it. He's just not a nice person. He's one of them people, he's nice, he's flattering. And then he drinks high strength lager and he becomes an asshole. Can't right. control himself, uses aggression. And he has no problem using that on women. So it's sort of like, there's, there's a lot of that, but I never saw it. I never witnessed any of yeah. that. So I just knew it was there. And that, what I didn't witness seeing it, obviously my mum was, that had happened to her. And once that's happened to you, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that in him. You know, she'd have a certain thing. This is actually a brilliant story. Can I say, it's, it's yeah, flipping. Yeah. It and this makes me so proud. We had a, so I, my, I'm a dad. So yeah, that's the other thing. I'm a dad. I've got three children. I've got one son who's 23, nearly 24, a 16 year old son, and a 14 year old daughter. And when my, when 
we had one mistake for Dylan. One. There was one time we didn't use a condom. She's pregnant, <laughs> right? And then she's 19 and I'm 21. And I'm going, you know, I, I don't know what you want to do, but I'll fully support you. But I was heading abortion. I know yeah. I was trying to push it. So we're in the abortion clinic. And the guy says, why do you want to get rid of the kid, Sarah? And she says, she starts crying and says, I don't. Decision made. And then what I love, this is this stone. It says a lot about my mum. About five months later, knocking on the door, Sarah's in on her own. She says, oh, it was your mum. And she came round and she went, oh, she went, oh, Chris isn't in. She went, oh, no, I'm not come to see Chris. She went, oh, all right. So she comes in, makes her a broom. And she's thinking, what does she want? And she came in and she said this. She said, she said, listen, I have no idea what Chris is going to do with this baby, but I want to tell you what I'll do. And I'm going to be its grandma and I'm going to love it. And no matter what he does, I'll be there because she, at that age, still didn't know if I was going to be like him. Yeah. Even though I've, I could be insulted by that because I've always been who I am, but I'd been a bit of a wrong gun for years before that. So I could sort of see it. And it wasn't in that behavior, but it's one of my proudest moments. Whereas if that was the other way around to my biological dad, he would have hated the fact yeah. that his mum would have said, that's my kid. I'm proud that my mum would put him first. Yeah, and I think cool. that re reflects who she was. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. Why, why, as a kind of woman who'd gone through this kind of trauma of being beaten up by your dad when he'd had a few drinks, why do you think she was like that? No idea. My mum was quite complex. She was quite an introverted person. And it's funny because she died so long ago. She died when I was 27. And that's now... Bloody hell, 18 years ago. And mm. I sometimes find it hard to think who she was. Because mm. I was having my own journey. As a kid, you're on your own journey. And then as you start becoming an adult, you start coming back to them. And yeah. just as I'm doing, that's when she goes. And I was on my own. I had two kids by then. I was, I had one kid. So when she died, I had one. I had another kid after it. And you get caught up in what you're caught up in now. Life's busy. Yeah. <laughs> really busy, isn't it? It's sort of really it's busy. Hard. So I don't know, but she always... You've got what you've got to imagine. People pick up things, and without even if you, I've never seen him. There's certain parts of him that are in me that I've known about. You know, like one of my kids, my middle one, is just like me. Mm. Why is he more like the other one? It's not like my, Dylan's not because he is, but Lucas has basically picked up all my bad stuff. Yeah, he's got them all. It's like he's gone into the bad book locker, looked in and grabbed everyone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, he's me in the you know not my best bits. Whereas Dylan's got my best bit. Yeah. So I don't know the answer to that one. It's crazy how it works, isn't it? I you were you spent most of your time growing up on a council estate. So this is main. So I I was on a so it was actually I'd actually lived in a ridiculous. This is what happens a lot. You live in a lot of houses mm. before you get a council estate. So we'd yeah. lived in. I think I'd lived in some like fifteen houses by a really young age, like seven or something. And we got the council house when I was about four or five. But we also my mum used to work in my granddad's pub. So we'd live in between there and we'd live in rented accommodation. You sort of move around a lot. And mm. then we got my, my my dad, but I didn't call him my dad. That's another interesting story I'd like to get. But I got my stepdad at 10 and he moved us out of the council estate into a bought house in Ramsbottom. We started the transition of me mm. sort of thing, which brings, I told you about the story before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want the story or not? Should we say it? <laughs> We're ready. Time around. So I'll Back just 11. quickly go, go for it. it. So, yeah, it's important. So I met, I met my step. My stepdad comes along at ten, and like he he wanted to implement what kids should. I remember the first night he came, I'm playing outside at ten at night, and he goes, "You get in," and he gave a rule. We weren't used to rules. We didn't yeah, get rules. Yeah. And then he started trying to get like I used to grow up on choc chips and beans and chocolate. That was my diet. So we started implementing other stuff like you've got to eat this, and that's where I got my fun, you know, onion phobia, which is still going on today. If I didn't eat my meal at five, I'd have to go to bed. And he implemented rules like you would as a parent. Mm. But if you haven't had any till 10, 
and he comes along, gives it you, you rebel. And it was mental. And it was like, so anyway, and then I go through the bad years where I get mixed up in the wrong stuff and we fall out. We don't speak for five years. I don't even say right to him when he comes in the room. He gets another house somewhere else just because of me. He, and he need he's not here now, but he would have said to you, he needed to change as well. There was a we were both somewhere needed to change. And the best part of the story, and I want this is I, I was saying to uh, Nathan about it shouldn't just be dads. It should be stepdads. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a role. It's not a, like my biological dad is not my dad. Mm. My dad's dead. But he wasn't my biological dad. But when he became my dad, so we've had this thing. We didn't really get on, but he'd always been a granddad to my son. Mm. Always very good. And then my mum died at 27 and it was mad. He, came, he became my dad that day because he lost his wife. I lost my mum. He had nothing that he had to stay with me for. He could have left. And he didn't. Mm. And then we became tight and it became an amazing journey that, you know, he's actually died. He died three years ago now, but it's an amazing journey and I'm glad it happened. But I got a dad in the end, yeah, which is yeah. quite random. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, something you said there was really interesting in terms of your stepdad, but your actual dad. Dad. Yeah. He tried to implement these new habits. You mm. said at the age of 10, I'm struggling to do it at the age of three because I think we'd be three or four because the boys have had too much like leeway to eat sweets mm. chocolate all that crap mm. and i'm genuinely trying to cut it out a little bit now and you can feel it it's a lot of times hard isn't it mm. to explain that even that age like mm. so at 10 when you've got your own views on the world and you've like, got these habits that are inbuilt it's it must have been hard for him mustn't it yeah it was did he have kids yeah it, funny enough so he had me and my sister who's step parent to when my mum died he met another woman who whose husband had just died and that's why i've got like a brother right saves so we've we're both like so she met Zach, and Zach had two other brothers, but only Zach lived there. And he yeah. became another dad, again, to Zach. So me and Zach are like brothers now. Neither of us biological, but held together by one guy. He was like, because he put me in that family Are you still as well. in contact? Yeah, yeah, of course. He's great. Zach's a great guy. In fact, I'll put him onto this podcast, actually. Really good guy. He saw the best. Well, I said this to him because he completely changed them, but he also, Zach always said, yeah, he had a bit of his... He was a bit hard... He was naval. He was in the merchant navy. His, his dad was hard to him, and it was took a bit of time for that to stop because you yeah. you learn behaviour and stuff like that, and it comes through. Mm. But then I got this new family, which I was always a part of. It was just you know when I think it's back, crazy. it's, it's yeah, crazy yeah. good, you know. Like it was, I'd never had a dad, and then I got a dad, so I, I have felt what it is like to have one. But that time I was a dad as well, so it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of I want to go back to. And I hope you don't like. I don't mind you, anything. All right. Okay. I want to go back to when you were 17, 18. So you've lived in this life, which has been pretty traumatic. You've gone through your teenage years. It's like, I want to say, though, it wasn't all traumatic. Like when I went to Ramsbottom, it was a really nice place. And yeah. I'd been in Airwood, and it's quite a rough town, and mm. it was fighting and poverty. And when we went to Ramsbottom, it was quite a nice place. Like I had that teacher, it was a nice school. Yeah, I was yeah. in a nice place. And it, the, my life was very Were you good happy then? then? Yeah, totally. Completely. Like, I was getting into sport. I wasn't messing up because I wasn't old enough to get things wrong. I was a good kid and life was really good. And when, life was, life. I did have a good life. When did it start to change? Because your behavior changed. Drugs. Drugs. Okay. Definitely. What, what age? First, 13, went to an all night rave with my sister. And then it started then. And it just went from 13 all night raves to. Sniffing glue in the day, any kind of aerosols, any uppers and downers in the days. Really, 
No, with there's a crew of us. My best. Oh, this is the thing. My best. I'm actually going to do a podcast. With my best mate. We had the exact same life. We both moved here at the same age. Did the same mistakes. And every one of us didn't have a dad. Mm. Apart from one of us, he had a dad, but he was a horrible guy. Mm. Six of us without dads. He didn't have a dad, but he wasn't a dad. So he was exactly the same as us. That's why he could be in our crew. And we all messed up together. And it was like up as down as raving at the weekend, drinking, everything. It was just, we were four years drug addict, four years heavy. It got to the stage at 17, I was renting a room in a bail hostel for a, half of my gyro off a heroin addict from Blackburn who used to wake up and he'd be tooting heroin at the bottom of the bed. Jesus. And this is what I think about my mum. My mum used to, so this is a bail hostel. My mum used to come once a week with food for me and come in it. She had no confidence. It was an She was an introverted. She came into that environment every time with not thinking about where she was. She bought that food. And when I think back, she that was not her. She'd have been scared. And, That's crazy. But she did it for me. And I'm in this bail hostel, renting this room. I think it went on for like three months. But I learned a lot in there. And every part of your struggles, as they go on, you learn a lot. When I look back, I wasn't happy. It was probably, my, I've never been depressed. But I reckon I was a little bit then. Because you're up and down off of drugs, having no sleep, and like life's chaotic and mad, and you've created this, you've created something without knowing it that's horrible, that's unhappy, it's dark, it's got no positive in it, and it's all downwards. But you don't know it, and you're in a spiral. You you talk a lot about mood and mindset. Don't yeah. You? When you when when you look back, at it. well, let me just give you this right. <laughs> so this is the lowest point I've ever been in my life. I'm 17. I'm renting a house with this girl called Louise who was like, oh, I don't want to go into this. And this other guy, they were ravers. We were the rave at weekends. We used to have 200 people in the house after raves. No electric because we never had electric. And at that point, we're in this house. And I, I, so my best mate, he'd started seeing someone. And I, and his other girl, I liked her. And I told her he was seeing this other girl. And this is my best mate. When he went against me and he used to come in, break into the house. I'd be asleep in bed and he'd get a bucket and he'd fill it up with like crap or pee and stuff. He'd come in and he'd throw the bucket of water over me in bed. And I'd wake up in bed, I've now covered, and I'm on some kind of come down. And that was the lowest I've ever been in my whole life, times 10. How old were you then? 17, I'd say. Well, 17 on the way up. And I just didn't, I didn't, yeah, I haven't, I've thought about that time for a bit because I can't wait to eventually bring it up to Wesley. We haven't talked about it because it's 20, a long time ago, like 27, 28 years ago. And it's a point of us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to talk with him about our journey because we were missed out a lot. Because the, the when we excluded school and stuff, they didn't do out about it because they wanted rid of us. Whereas they don't do that anymore. Have you shared this with your sons? No, but I'm going to share it. Funny enough, the problem is growing up now is all kids are going to get into drugs. Mm. And they're seeing it. like, they, But they dabble and then they realise and move on. But it's going to happen. Mm. And, it, and because I've been a dreg, and I know what it does to you. It's, it doesn't scare me because I know it's coming. I haven't shared it, but I went yesterday to share it. I went to Moore's Meadow, this place where I live, to say, and we needed a chat. And I yeah. took him there. And I wanted to take him there because that's where we used to sniff glue at. Mm. And that's where I didn't tell him that, but I did say, listen, well, I, I said, you're being draggy. I'm not being draggy. You were saying that. And, I, and, it, and we talked. And I said, listen, I was a drag beyond what you can imagine, and it didn't make me feel happy. That's as much as I went. Yeah. But I do need to tell him, and if I keep saying stuff like this in these podcasts, he's going to know. But he might know, but I'm going to share this one with him. So this one's for you, Lucas, son. Oh, you. That's lovely, mate. What's the... Oh, got me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might so, get Lucas as well. Because <laughs> he's, he's just like me, and I'm emotional, and so yeah, is he. Yeah. 
It's always the kids, isn't it? Mm. Um, He's picked up five and a half, though, as well. I've never even met the kids. Do you know what? I've got three kids, and I love every single one the same, but Lucas has got more empathy, and he's had it since a small child, and it's something that... Because empathy can come against you as well, being empathetic. Yeah. He's so empathetic. Yeah. So when we have the chat, he texts it in and he don't like it. I don't like it. We both leave sad. Yeah. yeah. But you have to do a bit of sad to get a bit of happiness sometimes. Let's go deeper. Go on. Fucking hell. This is, Ooh, uh... what were you? I'll get the <laughs> shovel. I'll get the shovel. So you're in this point living like a terrible life at that point. Not, yeah, that was no, that, that, that was a bad point, without a doubt. Worst um, point in my life. You then you went to prison for a short period of time. Yeah, so this works out. So yeah, Lucas. So there you go. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. So this was interesting. This is so, good to know. These are good. No, I know, I know. And I, I, it's not that I Dylan, because Dylan knocked around with people who knew me, because and the so he knew stuff about me anyway, he told me. Whereas Lucas doesn't knock around with people whose mums and dads know me, so they don't know. And mm. this is from years ago. So it's funny. So I've been the I've been the druggie, and I get to nineteen. I think I have I have messed my life up. I go back into education. I'd oh yeah, I left with nothing, no GCSEs, nothing. Yeah. So I go back in. Oh, I got an E in maths, and that was off taking drugs all the time. I just turned up, did it, and I got an E off, no revision and nothing, because I was always good at maths. So yeah, yeah. I, I, that is good getting an E off nothing. Yeah, yeah. From what I was doing at the time. So at nineteen, I think right, I'm not. I'm intelligent. You know, I'm, I'm like, not the best writer, but I, I'm good with spoken word. I'm, I can do it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to uni because I saw the light. But I'm still, what I've done now is, this is what changed my life, is I joined, I, I was in a pub called The Masons. Mm. Funny enough, I'm going to Bangkok on Friday, and the guy I'm meeting, he's Mason. So he's older oh, than really? me. But when you go to a pub, we were the youngest. You know people like from 40 years back bracket, yeah. but you're all mates. You, you go in, he's in, you sit with him. And it's brilliant. That changed me. Even though it was the drink, it changed me. Got me off the drugs. Got me knocking up because it's who you knock around with who you become. Yeah. So I was knocking around with certain people becoming them. And then I went Masons, and I met. I, it changed my life. I still love them, all of them. I meet. We meet up every so often, and I'm meeting Paul in Bangkok on Thursday, which is pretty cool. So from the Masons was a big thing about changing me. I've lost my train of thought. You have to pull me back. No, don't worry. Yeah. No, it's good because 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 we were so we were talking about before. You did. Oh, yeah. So times. I'm in the mate. So I, so I decide now. So now I'm sorting it out. Yeah. I've got a college and I think I'm going to, I'm going to be a youth and community worker because I know all about what's been messing up with the kids. Mm. And then I meet my kids, mum. like my kids, mum is a gorgeous woman inside and out. And when I heard this woman was in town, she looked like friend, Rachel, like friends I'd heard about her. And then I see this girl and I think, oh my God, she looked to me. And then <laughs> we start dating. I was actually seeing someone else. In a different, that's another story. I'm not going to go into that one. That's even another matter. podcast. Yeah, it's another podcast. <laughs> and then, so what happens is, if you grew up in Airwood in Manchester, you fought, you were a fighter. Yeah. You honestly, at six, I'm having full blown scraps. I mean, 20 minute ones that are like, I can area. still remember it was a rough area. Yeah. It's, it's that's important in certain out of Manchester areas. I'm at college, everything's going well. I've just got it. I'm starting uni in the September. So I'm going to complete it the second year. I'm doing good. Me and Sarah go for a snog fest at this nightclub where we used to go. And in it, there was some guy giving her our time. And she knew the person. She kept going, this guy's giving her time. I know me. And I'm like, yeah, let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. Yeah. In the end, I say one thing to this guy. I say, are you out of Star Trek, mate? <laughs> and straight away, he's up going, yeah, what? I'll do you. As soon as he did that, at that stage. So we went outside, I had this do with these two guys. 
didn't even think about it. And it ended up being in court and I didn't see how important it was. My solicitor never mentioned prison until one day there was crying. I looked round and I saw two police officers come in. I got given 90 days, 90 days concurrent. So yeah, I served 42 days, which is weird because Sarah's obsessed by the number 42. Mm. 42 days and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I met someone who was Kiddo. He's not called Kiddo, but he's from Manchester, Kiddo. Him and I's journey, like everyone told us we'd be back because we were fiery at the time. We haven't. He's had four kids. I've had three. We still connect now all this time later. He's the only person I connected with. But that journey, what it showed me about me, what it said I'm not going to do, I'm never going to get my time taken away because I didn't like it. I'm never, I don't want to be around certain aspects of society that, that not scare me. Well, they do. Yeah. When I was, I did one night in a Cat B prison and that is the scariest thing in the world and then went to a Cat D. But I wouldn't change it. And it's like mad when, then I became a, then I became a teacher, maddest thing ever. I went, got out, wasn't allowed to do a community degree, did a different degree, did a PGCE, stupidly became a teacher with a CRB. That's another side of the story. But yeah, so that's, yeah, interesting. When did you go on to, you, you then, like we talked about all the adversity and there's a lot of, there's a lot of like harsh like realities in there, isn't there? Good stuff as well in terms of the loads, behaviors. Much more good stuff. Loads of much good more stuff, good loads stuff. Of, much more. And we could probably like delve into the you know other stuff around like what it was genuinely like inside. And yeah. But the reality is, I only did forty two days. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a long enough. It yeah, feels, it's long enough. It feels long not, enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's also not you know. I'd... But you sit. You strike me as a sort of person that, if you were like literally led in a pile of shit, you'd find a positive. Yeah, <laughs> just the way we spent time together. We've spoken a lot over the last. Well, few weeks. you know, it's giving an interesting thing. My mum, yeah. I'll, I'll let you see it before I go. There's a letter. So when my mum was dying, I said, "Will you read, write me a letter?" Yeah. She wasn't a good writer. She wrote two things in it. One, she wrote, she said, "Keep up your happy-go-lucky nature." What is that? Yeah, that's a mindset. Yeah, it's not that. And this is when I coach people and work with people now. It's like it's how you think is your reality. Mm. And some people think up a negative reality. And I'll come along, all right, you're looking at it like that. How about you look at it like this? And they'll go, oh, when you look at it like that, actually, I see your point. It's really not that bad. Well, it? what's the difference, the way yeah. you look at it? So that's what that is. She also wrote this. This is a she part of said She wrote it with, and I've stolen this for every letter I ever write. She put, love your greatest fan, uh-huh. mum. Uh-huh. Chris, I'll be waiting for you at Heaven's Gates. You know, it's like, don't let me sad now because it's a long time ago, but it's like, powerful words you know what i mean now i every Just card then, yeah. I, every <laughs> card i write love your greatest fan yeah it's what that's beautiful isn't it i still love it now yeah it's unbelievable and it's true though isn't it yeah they aren't they oh totally like the totally. biggest cheerleaders biggest that's mad i been through all this adversity and then it just like I am like obsessed with your story from there. You went on to found a, a clothing brand. We don't need to mention it if, you, mm. if you're not comfortable with it. Clothing brand. And I remember this brand because when I was younger and reality TV was sh- uh, kicking off and it was like Geordie Shaw and Towie and all that nonsense. 2014 to, it was, yeah. 2014. Yeah, you used to watch it, right? Mm. It was interesting. It was interesting to get an insight into people's lives. And and your clothing brand was really prominent on one of those shows. So mm. co-founder of this clothing brand like skyrocketed in success. Mm. Loads of revenue, no doubt. Probably like visions of multi-millionaire status. Mm. Like, what? How did you get there? So, so that I'm doing the teaching because what was happening with the teaching, and then this is a mad thing. What I've still got now, I own a hairdresser's in a commercial building, and I got so Sarah's mum, Angela, my mother-in-law. She said uh, that she had this salon with Sarah, and she said, uh, "Can do you fancy doing some accounts?" And I went. No, I'm good with numbers. I went, yeah, all right, thinking, why am I doing accounts? I'm like, next day I own the business. 
that's how quick it happened. It went from, can you do some accounts? The next day, she must have thought, you're more invested in this. It's your wife. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can, And I was good at, I can make a call. I can say, I'm not doing that. I mean, like in business, sometimes you've got to say, yeah or no. And you've got to go, this isn't working. I've got to stop it. And mm. some people are stupid to keep spending and wasting and doing it. I won't do that because yeah. it's not working. Yeah. So I got this. I got an hairdresser and I had multiple businesses. I must have had hairdressers and I had a diner. I had a garden business. I had uh, what else have I had? I had a ca- yeah, I had some after that camper van. Before that, I'd had I think I'd had five businesses, and then I decided I want to sell online. I want to sell online. Thus, eleven eleven degrees it was called. That came about, and that was a short period in my life, and it was only two years. And I saw the beginning of it getting to a point. Then, I for whatever reason, I had to leave. It wasn't mm. a great reason, but it, I was totally happy with everything of there. So when that ended, yeah, I'd had this big glory and it was good i didn't like it doing it because it's stressful a lot of people say that don't they mega stressful it was like mate and soon as you start dealing with millions of pounds of revenue people change mm-hmm. i don't but people change i promise you that a lot of people say that in business i remember listening to i can't remember the name of the podcast it's like the high performance podcast or something and it's a guy who runs like a brain food company but he ran a company that wasn't aligned to his purpose at all and it became like multi-multi-million mm. in revenue he said he was invited to like a an award show one night where he was going to pick up that entrepreneur of the year or something and he didn't go he sent his team and when they were doing the awards he was sat in bed with a bottle of whiskey to drink it he was so fed up Mm. running that company and the pressure of doing something that he just didn't want to do at that scale was just massive well you're not like you're not ready for it yeah you can't just jump you're like i've read this book called you too and it's all about you can make big jumps and i do believe you can but we you can't go from running small 100, 200 grand a year businesses to 40 mil, like 10 mil turnover, I think it was, when I, I was leaving. It's, it's a lot of money, and yeah. there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Huge a lot of organisation and stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't doing direct that, but I was a part of the bits that I was. And it's kind of it's kind of mad. And I couldn't wait. When I left, it was the greatest thing ever, but I still owned it, and I was waiting for my eventually sold my shares. So that there was a good stepping stone to understand about life, and it gave me, you know, I got divorced after that, and everyone was happy. Mm. Everyone, you know, like, everyone was... Everyone was made happy from that, and it was a great thing. And then we're on to the next journey. We're on to the next one. <laughs> you, you you dedicate a lot of your life to kind of fitness, don't you? Yes. You're 40? 40, 45, 46 this month, right. actually. 46. So Nearer 50 than bloody long. Well, listen, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you, you're in great shape. You're like full of life, full of energy. What, what talk to me about the fitness side? Because this is really the way you live your life is really important. You yeah, yeah. You're going to you going to you're going to Thailand in a couple of um, <laughs> like a couple of days. So I dare say you're probably going to be it's going to be different there. You'll relax a little bit. But generally, all jokes aside, like lifestyle's big for you, isn't it? Yeah. And, so, it, and it's interesting how much you put into your kids in terms of yeah, yeah. You know, so sport. My- First kid, he's right into the exercise. Lucas, yeah. we've all had knee injuries, so they've all been unlucky. I haven't got my daughter into it yet, but she will. Because yeah. my kid's his mum. She is, she is fitness. She's yeah, not yeah. just into it. She's into every bit, like health, food, everything. She's phenomenal at it. She trains like mad. She's really fit. She's on it. I think it's the most important thing in the world because it's resilience. Mm. It's never giving in. It's not quitting. It's endorphins. It's working on your health. It makes you look better. It makes you feel good. And it's just like, I was saying that to you before, like I've took him on the walk and the, uh, the cast and we walk around it. I do the same walk every day because my dog's old, going to see now. It's for her and for me because the walk's actually for me. She didn't come today, did she? Because it was hot. No. But I do that as a beginning of my day. But when I went through some bad times about three years ago, I did that no matter what, kept the consistency of it up. Didn't always make me feel 
good, but it made me feel better. It didn't completely change it because it won't, but it'll always make you feel different and mm. it'll keep you moving. And it like it's not just the exercise; it's being outside, it's environment, it's the air, it's birds, it's yeah. people that you see when you're out there because you can have a conversation that you never. We had a conversation with Kevin. Two, He's yeah, got yeah. Kevin, that guy. Mate, how many eighty-two-year-old Kevins do you know? Eighty-two-year-old, yeah, three times a day. So I, I've met Kevin. He goes out three times a day because he refuses to accept. As because he's old, that he's going to sit in and not do anything because he knows he takes ownership of how he feels, and that's what fitness is: is taking ownership of how you feel. Mm. So if I want to feel good, what am I doing to make me feel good? You over you overheard that message. His text back that guy. Yeah. So I've got a guy who I I've got a guy who I rent offices to, and someone told me he was thinking of leaving, so I rang him, and he straight away went, "Oh, I've got your rent. I've got your rent." I went, "I'm not ringing about that. I'm just ringing to see how you're doing because." business is not about primarily just the things you're doing. It's a bit more than that. You have a working relationship with someone and then they've got your energy and there's a reason that that, that happens. And then he's told me that he, he goes, listen, I'll be honest with you. I've just got out of a psych unit. I tried to commit suicide 10 days ago. So I said, right, let's meet. And the first thing he did, he made an excuse. Oh, I've got to do something. I went, that's what you're doing. That's what's led us here. You're making an excuse. Get here. You can come. I'm offering you my services for free. He came. That was the beginning journey. And I was just playing, uh, just Nathan. So I said, I met him. He got 50 minutes of me saying, listen, what are you doing to feel good every day? I want you, he's a big guy, doesn't do any exercise. I want you to walk every morning. It's not walking for exercise. It's walking your mind, walking your mood, walking your like your drive. What you're going to do, get it in there. Get out your house, which is sometimes a, mm. a, a bad environment to be pushing you in. Get out. From that, I said, send me a selfie every day. And you've seen it now. So now I send him a voice note. So I'll send him a voice note saying, right, it's your responsibility. What are you doing today to feel good? What What is it? Tell me what you're doing. So I sent that before. He messaged when we were in here. I don't okay. know what. But he'll send me a selfie or he'll say, I'm doing it. Because every day now I'm going to say, what have you done today? Yeah. What have you done to feel good? What have you done to not accept whatever the mood was? This is an important thing for you to all know. Whatever your mood happens, it's not forever. It's 90 seconds or a bit longer. Just let it go. You can get through it. And that's what my walk does. Whatever mood I was in before, sometimes I might be in the best mood because on my walk, I listen to podcasts. Yeah. You've said it, the high performance, diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to people's yeah. journeys so I can take something from it myself and learn and grow from it. And I love it, but I'm not always mega happy. No. Especially in winter. And especially when I had things to think about that might come up next that were things pressing on me, but it made it better. No yeah, matter yeah. what. No walk ever makes you feel worse a hike does because hikes are hard but no walk ever does it'll always make you feel good raining snowing windy you always feel good what gets to you good question what gets to me i, I know what gets to me because it's just happened family so i've got a big thing about family because i didn't have i don't actually have a, I, my family mm. is my three kids sarah who's my ex is my ex-wife i don't like calling her that her, her new partner she's marrying is now in my family. Dylan's brought someone into family, his partner. I do have a sister who are a bit estranged, but she's my family and I love her mm -hmm. because that's another story. I do not I do have bits of my mum's in Manchester, but because my mum died ages ago, we're not in Manchester, yeah. we lost that connection. My best mate is my family. Yeah. And, I, and what really bothers me is anything to do with family. And my biggest ever issue leads to this, because this has just come up in the last three days, so I reckon you read the Chimp Paradox. Yeah, brilliant book. My you always had issues because I was a fighter. There's a fighter in me, mm. and that's your chimp. Your yeah. chimp's a fighter then, so he wants to deal with everything with a fight. And what I'm good at is I never I can I, like live a hundred days not react to anything. 
And I'd be like, cool, no, it's all right, it's all right. And then on the hundredth day, something that's bothered me over the hundred days, that one day I'll react. And when I react, it's a horrible, ugly side of me. Mm. It creates a lot of problems. And he, he, he's done it loads of times in my past and he's ruined it. And on Saturday night, my son woke me up at quarter past four in the morning. I came downstairs. I lost it within, but he needed losing it because he was supposed to be in at one. And yeah, he's like, yeah. so I, that was fair. And I was awake for two hours. And what I was gonna, I was gonna do a self-destruct thing in something to do with me. I was gonna do it, and I was really doing it. And then I remember that's the old me. And there's a book I read called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Jordan Spencer. And it says, look at how you act now. Is it are you acting in the moment to now? Or are you acting because you always have? Got and it. if you always have. Is that what's going to help you in the moment? Because that's not who you are now. That's who you were in the past. Mm. And that's what was happening with me. I didn't do this thing, but it really bothers me a lot. Family bothers me. And it like my best mates bother me. You know, like, the, I mean, caring about them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But I tend to have a really good thing. But it, it, this is the first time anything's come up. And it came up at the weekend, but we've now dealt with it. But yeah. I didn't self-destruct and ruin it all. Because what I was going to do was ridiculous, stupid and pathetic and I'd be embarrassed it would have happened. Mm. And then we'd all we'd have dealt with was my reaction, mm. never what the thing was coming before. And I'd rather sort that than a pathetic, embarrassing reaction that everyone does it. I know that you're all listening to you thinking, yeah, I've done that. We all do it. It's you know, what we do with your partners, your kids, when you show your other side, yeah. you wouldn't show anyone else it. No, you wouldn't. No. I look back at this week when the boys were just messing around in the morning, not getting dressed. And you just like, you lose it for 10 seconds, don't you? And it's enough to like, to, for them to remember that conversation mm. and me walking around the house going, fuck's sake, just get ready. And it's not good, is it? You're in the moment, though. You're in the moment, yeah. Sometimes you have to, what the dog walk does, takes you out of the moment. Yeah. Like, if I haven't got young kids anymore, mm. they're different now. It's psychology. It's like, you know, I've got issues mm. going on with them. There's stuff. One was last night, me and Sarah in text about a boy with Ava, which is no problem, <laughs> but she hadn't told us anything. <laughs> There's always different kinds of stuff. Hope we didn't meet you on day 101. No, <laughs> I would never, I'll never ever, I don't want everyone to see, that's my biggest thing, yeah, but yeah. there's always stuff going on, but you have to leave that for a minute. Even five minutes, just stand outside, yeah. just breathe and just remember, it's not as big as what it was in there. Nothing's that big, you're alive. And when you die, nature takes over anything. So everything else isn't as big as what you make it. And you've just got to like refuse to accept real negative emotions. They're going to happen, though. You're going to feel sad, and you can't stop it. But you can churn, you t not let it last forever. Yeah. I have a rule, if I've had a sad day, which doesn't happen a lot, over there's a grateful list, mm. and you'll see there's hardly anything filled in. And the period I told you about when it should have been, it didn't. Yeah. But I, I only fill that in. If I've had a bad day, I accept that. You're allowed a bad day, mm -hmm. never to. If you start letting it go in the next day, then that's where depression is going to come. I have a strict policy. I get up, fill it. I mean, it's not very often. Grateful list, obviously exercise, meditate, ring a best mate, make sure I'm not working in here. Everything that knows a problem, I'm going against it. And I'm refusing to accept anything other than getting through it and making it a good yeah. day. People don't work on this, do they? I analyze myself and I think about the amount of time I spend on my own behavior and habits. I never work on it. I never allocate time in a day or a week to go, you need to drop this one. That's your walk. Mm. That's the walk. Doesn't happen a lot though, does it? But that's the walk. Mm. That's every day. That's the bit I'm checking in with myself. How am I not accept whatever a mistake I made yesterday? How will I not refuse to accept it today? Mm. Honestly, the the walk is not like is exercise. Like mm. I've chucked in that run, you know, you're hundred percent out of that run. It's only <laughs> one minute four, you're pill, but you're at full heart. It's a hill though, isn't it? It is a hill. It's not a little 
And when you get, you're totally out of breath, but that's a massive endorphin release. Yeah. It's really good for your heart, really good for like your blood pressure, mm. but it's a short interval hit training. It's brill. You mm. know what I mean? It's hard. And it is hard. It is hard. It's it hard. is hard. I'm glad I had no time to think about it before. I, what's for, let's talk about the kids. The emotional part. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm I, uh, I'm dog, I'm a crier. I'm a crier. <laughs> I, um, what do you want for them? What, 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 what like what what does good look like for the kids when they're older? Obviously, they're a bit older now, and you've yeah. got a little guy. Oh, the little guy, little guy who's not so little, is he? A big no, none of them are little. None of them. You've got little. your jeans, I think. Yeah, I, no, Sarah's only little. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. I've passed in the yeah, giant yeah, gene, yeah, and it yeah. then gets bigger. They've left me behind. Well, I think that's the first thing I said when I came over. Right, it was like, yeah. Jesus, you're <laughs> six three <laughs> you, or something. Yeah. What do you want for the kids? Like, what what does a good life look well, like? Well, I know that straight away. So I've got it. Dylan is having a life. Dylan is a baller having the life that he wants. He's confident. He has a really good job. He's got a good mindset. He's mm. got fallen into addicted to travel like me, but he's also addicted to managing his mood. He's obviously, he's very lucky. I wish I had me to ring when I was growing yeah. up. And literally anyone I come across, I say, like anyone, like Dylan's, where Dylan works, I've worked there a few times. I'm not working there at the minute, but I will work with any of them for free anytime. Mm. And I say to him, you've got my number. And if you didn't ring me for what takes me five minutes to talk about you, I'll be gutted because mm. I want that. Do you know what I mean? And I've got that. I've got a best mate that who's, who is that for me. I can ring him and he's very good and he's yeah. great. And lots of people lack that. So I, they've always got someone behind them. They've got a great mum, great dad. And all I want them to do is have any like anything they want in their life that they want to happen because mm. life doesn't happen to you. It's what you do to it. Mm. Dylan's going to be a businessman. He's, 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 he loves it. And while he loves it, I want him to still do it. And if he ever doesn't, then we'll talk about just dropping it and moving on to somewhere else. But he loves all that. Lucas is starting college today, oh, literally okay. today. We're not there with him yet <laughs> at all, but 16 to 18 is massive. And What's he doing there? He's doing business. So yeah, he's doing so business he's and he's working yeah. and he's, but I want him to. I want him to have the choices that I didn't have, mm. and I ruined some choices because that prison sentence. We used to ruin a lot of choices. Instantly, I can't do loads of different jobs. Mm. They get a problem. Certain countries you can't get in. So there's problems that come with it by one stupid thing that I made, and it's stupid little things are not from lack of knowledge and where you're at. And none of them need to fight. Mm. None of them are fighters because they don't need to be. Mm. I always said I'll fight the battles, not you lot. And when they've got that confidence, they don't need to yeah, because they've got it in them. So I want them to have a good life filled with happiness, get what they want and do it. And they'll get that because I'm always going to be there with them. And, you know, I just don't want them to make mistakes that create big problems that I did. And, you know, like you're, you said about why you did adversity because of the things in the past make you think different as an adult. And that's so true. Mm. Well, I ain't got that. They're all right. Yeah, and yeah. I plan to keep that going as long as I can. Do you know what I mean? And and the grandkids when they eventually come, which won't be ages because Dylan's all wanting to be a yeah, big yeah. high businessman and ruining his dad having a kid. And... <laughs> I look forward to the call coming this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> He's done that to me. Dad. April 1st, he brings me. My son lives in America now. He's back. He rings me and went, Dad, I've got something to say. You're not going to believe it. I can't believe it. He goes, she goes, she's pregnant. So it's April 1st. I'm thought I'm like, right. How do you feel about it? And we go on, and then you ah! Oh, my God. Can't believe you've done that. Can't believe it, you know. How do you feel? You got it. No, do, you, do you know, so this I'll tell you where exactly I am. I'm single now. So I'm single. I've been single for 18 months. I've been relationships for 28 years. And I had businesses. Like, before the brand, we had, 
the hairdressers, the commercial. I was teaching as well on top of doing some event stuff. I, mean, I had an outside bar. I was having to go at anything. Yeah. And when your kids are young, forget that they're only going to be young for so long. And now they're older. I'm, I regret and miss it. Mm. And I've had the old snip now. Mm. But if I met someone and they really wanted one, I can't rule out that I'd have, not have it reversed because... I absolutely love kids. And then it's like, you get to live in, what you forget is all the positives. Like, oh, it's stressful. Ah, yeah. Like, what about, let's look at it. It's make-believe land. When can you be a little guy with a place yeah. one with swords or running around being a dog or being a warrior or whatnot? And then being like that mindfulness of leaving your world. It's like when I, I said this to you before, that I go on holidays because I can escape mm. me. And I don't need to escape. People go, you shouldn't have a life, you need to escape. It's not that. No. I just love going away and having no problems. Yeah. I just leave my life. I still connect with it, but I'm just, it's just amazing. It feels mad talking about you as a granddad because you like. I'm you, not a granddad. You, yeah, yeah, I know. But you look young, like you look, young, you know what I mean? You're I could, like, I'm, he could much. have kids. And I know, oh, man, this mate, he's a granddad seven times. Well, right. And he's exactly yeah, the same yeah, age as me. And he's a phenomenal. I, He's got one of his kids. Oh, bloody hell, what's his name? And he goes, on, and I just think, I love his experience with it. Yeah, he yeah. tells me about it. I can't believe I can't remember his name. He's, he's Roxanne's kid, and she's the loveliest woman ever. How can I forget his name? But he loves his granddad, and he loves spending time with him. Well, we're looking yeah. up at, like, Kendall Castle here. The setting's outrageous, to be fair. It is. But I can just see you running over that little hill. With well, it's that way, isn't it? It's that it's, ah! it's like the old hangover scene, right? Yeah, I, um, I would. What's next for you? Like, we've spoken a lot about, like, the previous past um, kids. What's going on with you? What, so what's, what's going on with me is like, so I'm going on a break because every time I'm going on a break, it's to reset and refocus. Mm. Like what I do in the coaching and the mindset, I have a YouTube channel as well called Christian Hoyle. It's I totally need to, it is on my radar to raise it. Mm. When I tell you about things, they're so obvious. It's like an invention you think I must have invented, but no, the obvious is always missed. And people go, it's just, what I'm telling you is not, it's not something you've not heard before, but you're not doing it. It's a consistency. You, that yeah, works, you're, isn't it? you're not doing it. You're not placing importance. You're not saying you're dropping things, you know, like you're yo yoing in everything. Like people yo with exercise and diet, but you're yo yoing with being responsible for your mood. You're yo yoing being responsible for you and developing and realizing you're not who you want to be. And there's parts of you that you need to change, but you've got to realize what they are. And that's difficult, mm. you know. But personal, I'm into personal development a lot. I'm into change. I'm into being better than me. But I'm also into as well, I've got this amazing thing where. I can also just think, I'm all right. Yeah. That's if the one thing I want to give you, just remember you're all right. Whatever you're all right. The only thing you've got to worry about is dieting and moving H takes over. So mm. what else you got to worry? All you've got to do is think whatever is going on is just temporary. That's good times and bad times. You're not gonna have loads of good times, not gonna have loads of bad times. So you've just got to think in a day, it changes so many times. Just think, oh, it's just a change in mood here. So you need to rebalance and get back. Do something that gets me there. I'm all right. That's mine. I'm all right. Is that your message to dads out there who are struggling? You know, it's hard to remember. Like I remember when they're young and they're crying. It's one of the most <laughs> stressful things in the whole world. And now I miss that. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's weird. Everyone says that, don't they? And crazy. There's a guy put on LinkedIn. I don't know him. And I, he put, when are the, when are the schools going to sort it out? That we are the six weeks holidays. And when I was his age and we had young kids, I thought the same. But that, my message on LinkedIn was, so you, they all, it's only so long where they need you and after a bit they won't need you anymore and you'll feel a bit lost with this period so grab it while it's there because work will go on forever mm. but your kids won't be young forever but everyone says it to you but you don't do anything like they're saying it to you they said it to me 
And then all of a sudden you get to where I am now, you think, bloody hell, why is that gone? And it was my last partner that I met after Sarah. She had two young kids and I started enjoying it with her. And there's like, I miss, I didn't realize how much I loved them kids till they went. And one of them in particular was young and I got to live it again. Mm-hmm. So and it's like, what I'm saying is dad feels is not about biological parent. It's about being a parent. It's about, you can, you don't have to be the biological, you can adopt, you can be a stepdad. It's a role. You do that role. It's, it doesn't matter about blood. Doesn't it's it matter? Title, is it? My, one of my really good mates is adopted. It, it doesn't matter. His mum's not his biological because she's his mum, mm. and it's a role. You know, like my best mate Wesley. Some of the kids are like one of the kids in it is. It's not. He, he's a dad. Mm. He's a granddad. Do you know what I mean? It's a role. Yeah. And when you do that, it's like a role of things. You don't have to. You know, like, I think that's my important message for this group because I some of them will have kids. Some and then they'll be step parents to the other one. Yeah. They're the same as your kid. Yeah, just make them the same. That's your kid's brother or sister. Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay. We should wrap up. Yeah. Sorry. It's been incredible. I, you know, when the idea came to this podcast, when we were saying like, let's go and interview dads, I never expected this like level of transparency from you. Mm. I spoke to another guy last week called Nate. It's like two podcasts on the bounce. I've been welling up, ready to cry like anything. So I. I just want to say thank you because it's been Cheers, man. unbelievable hearing your story Cheers. and meeting you. And I'm so glad we've, we've got the chance to do this genuinely because you're a top guy. I'm going to finish with a bit of publicity. So oh, I've gone about with yeah, YouTube. No, please. My latest list is to like, something really bad happened to me three years ago that we'll talk about in the next podcast. Something happened to me. <clears throat> For some mad reason, I started a YouTube channel. No, re- I never thought about doing it. And I did a lot of mindset stuff. No one liked it. And I went started going to events and I did a couple of documentaries that I'm going to do. There's one documentary on it. Today, I was supposed to be going meeting this guy. I did a documentary in Glasgow about the homeless. I got a homeless guy to go out with me. Tried to get him in rehab. There's a part one, part two. It's on Christian Hoyle's YouTube. It's, it's where I want to go with the videos. I was supposed to be meeting him today the guy in the video, he's now not homeless. And we were going to have a, the, the big discovery. It's not happened, but I'd love it for you to have a look at that. And yeah, if anyone wants, like, you know, we talk a lot about young kids, but there's that young kids is being in, it's happening right now and you need it and they want you. When they get older, it's yeah. all psychological, but they still need you more than ever, but you don't get to see them that much. It's a bit sad. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sums you up though. Man. That, that story there about going around and trying to help this, ch- this child. I've seen a video as well. It's insane. I, I'd recommend watching it. In fact, I'll link it on this post as well. Cool. But it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for that. And uh, part two's incoming. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Thanks. everyone.